Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. Before we get into today's topic with today's guest, Mark Graham is here to join me to talk about Skew University on January 15th from 845 to 1150 at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Ballroom L on the second level. We will have Skew University. Mark, what is Skew University? Why did you create it? What's its purpose? So we created Skew University to give people a place where they could learn more about the application in a hands-on way at Expo. We knew that people were hungry for information about Common SKU, the application. So we have created this environment where we go and talk about all the features that distributors use to run their business. And we also give them a roadmap in terms of what's coming down the pipe. And then we also have a session for suppliers because, of course, suppliers use Common SKU as well to engage with distributors and grow their business with the distributors on the platform as well. So we thought by creating this setting where distributors and suppliers could come together, peek under the hood inside the application and learn more about it was a really good use of people's time in the morning. Let me break that down a little bit. The event kicks off at 845 from 9 o'clock to 950. 10 ways suppliers grow sales on CommonSkew, a presentation by you and Samantha Cates. At 10 o'clock to 10.50, Catherine Graham presents how CRM helps distributors ignite sales and retain customers. From 11 o'clock to 11.50, Catherine Graham and Aaron Kucherway will present hacks, new features, and the road ahead. So it's a quick, easy morning, and CommonSkew University is free to attend. You can register at commonskew.com university. I believe in creating strategy around doing unexpected things. I believe in doing things out of character. I believe in doing things that are truly selfless just because. I think that's really important, not just in business with your customers, but in life. Danny Rosen is no stranger to many of us, a tireless industry and community leader who, along with his business partner, Robert Fibash, has built one of the most respected brands in the business. Probably the highest compliment you could pay anyone is to say that many of you, like myself, simply call Danny friend. A deeply invested veteran in the business serving on the PPAI board, camp board, the PPEF board, a founder and chef of Promo Kitchen, and also the active co-founder of Band Together, a volunteer-driven nonprofit that uses live music as a platform for social change that has donated $6.5 million to community efforts. Our episode today features Danny's talk from our SKU Camp event in Palm Springs, California, where he delivered a session on how to make intimacy a marketing strategy. You can download the PDF from Danny's presentation at community.commonskew.com. Com. And now from SKU Camp, our friend, Danny Rosen. All right, uh, so I get to finish this thing out. But before I do, I just, man, I, like if you just feel the vibe in this room and, and you look around and you see the great people here brought together by, you know, fantastic team at Common SKU. This is the only conference, and I've done a lot of speaking engagements before. This is the only conference that I've actually spoken at where I can wear a T-shirt I can wear some tennis shoes with some funky socks. I'd take them off and do a Mr. Rogers impersonation, but you guys on the front row might not like the smell. And also I can wear these awesome zebra shorts. If anybody can see them. My daughters think they're just zebras having fun and being friendly, but they're actually fornicating. And so 
I just, I got, you can't do that at any other conference. So give it up to everybody at Common Skew. Uh, three thoughts. This is what we're going to cover. The first one, which I think is really important, is $79 billion spent in digital advertising last year and growing, right? And then we've got this stuff. This is the online with the offline. The offline is the only form of advertising that people like to receive, which is what? Promotional products, swag, advertising specialties, if you go there. The second thing that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about merging those two things. The second thing we're going to talk about are the five P's of marketing or advertising. Anybody know what the four P's, the traditional four P's are? Anybody? Price, product, place. Actually, it's promotion, I think, but close enough. And we're going to talk about the fifth P, which some of you may know what that is, but I'm going to reveal that later. And then last, we're talking about this intimacy in client retention and acquisition, also in your business a bit. And I think what's important about that is it is an uncomfortable word. And when Bobby and I talked about putting this presentation together, we realized that um, it is uncomfortable, but it's important to start getting more intimate in business. So here, we're going to talk about the science behind how people make decisions. So I have a short video for you about that. Psychologists know that there are two systems in our brains the rational system and the emotional system. Jonathan Haidt, who's a psychologist at NYU, came up with a great analogy for these two systems. He said, think of your brain as a human rider atop an elephant. The rider represents the rational system. That's the part of us that plans and problem solves. The rider might do some analyzing and decide, hey, I want to go that way. But it's the elephant representing the emotional system that provides the power for the journey. The rider can try to lead the elephant or drag the elephant, but if these two ever disagree, who would you bet on? The elephant has a six-ton weight advantage, and it's exactly that power imbalance that makes adopting new behaviors very hard. If you want this duo to head a new direction, you also need to think about the path, which represents the external environment. This duo is more likely to complete a journey if you can shorten the distance and remove any obstacles in their way. So bottom line, if you want to lead change, you've got to do three things. Give direction to the rider, knowledge of how to get to the destination. You've got to motivate the elephant, which means tapping into emotion. And finally, you need to shape the path to allow for easy progress. That's how change happens. So if you like that, read the book Switch by the Heath Brothers called Switch. It's fantastic. I think we've got to figure out how to inject emotion into the sales process, how to teach our sales teams. Whether you're on the supplier side or the distributor side, you've got to figure out a way to create emotion. And that's what we're going to talk a lot about today. You've heard a lot about it in these conversations. I think Bobby would say that story selling, storytelling, talked about that yesterday is one way. You've got to inject some passion into what you're sharing and what you're trying to sell. You really, your salespeople have to get behind really what they're about to sell. And they also have to do it in a way that paints a picture. You know, what does it look like when someone receives something at a trade show booth, when there's a sea of other trade show booths out there? What is your thing going to do for that person? What is that spark? What is that call to action? So read this. You know, this really says, what do your buyers want? You know, does the writer, the logic and reason, 
you know, or the elephant emotion, right, have a greater impact on the B2B commercial encounters that we have. And you can see that it's two times as much on the personal side, that intimate connection, that that's the thing that makes the change. And I don't think that buyers are aware of this. I really don't think that buyers are consciously saying, oh, I'm an emotional creature and I'm going to buy this thing because it's an emotional situation. I mean, they want to buy behind logic and reason. They're told by procurement to die, buy behind logic and reason. Keep the price down, right? But you can get emotional with your buyers. You can buy, bring them into your story, and they will actually pay a bit of a premium for it. So here's where we're going to start. We're going to talk about some of these things, some events and experiences that we have created at Brand Fuel, and I hope you guys will take some of these ideas and, and spin them off into your own. But like Bobby said, I'm very willing to share, and I've already talked to a lot of you about that in the past. But I want to give you a, a pro sales tip for you all and, and trying to identify who will be great salespeople for your organization. I think great salespeople today have a good understanding of their client's digital marketing strategy. They're actually doing the legwork and the research to understand how they're going to market. Remember I said $79 billion. We've got $22, $23 billion in the promo space. Your people should be looking and seeing what's happening on the sides of the digital ad space. I also think they need to have that sort of personal ability, that connection, that they're able to really understand sort of human nature and really merging, I think, some of the digital with, with the physical. How do they bring these things together? We're not trying to steal market share in some cases. I'm gonna show you ways that, that we can bring these things together. I also think, you know, so you've got the digital understanding of the personal, and I think that they're challengers. They're, they're people that are willing to challenge the customer's buying mentality, and I don't think that's easy. I think in this, you know, AI, Amazon world that we live in, these are things that will help them with job security. So time is our most valuable asset. We know that. The next time you ask someone how they're doing, I'm really curious how many people respond to you by saying, I'm busy. That is a fail, unfortunately, in our, in our world that we live in right now. It really is unfortunate. It's incredibly sad. It breaks my heart. I think we all want to hear someone say, I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. You know, I'm getting a lot out of life. I'm getting along with my family. I think that's what we really want. But the problem is that you know, we're so distracted, and we've got all these devices. And I love what Catherine said yesterday about putting down our devices a little bit and just enriching the time we have together. That is a mantra that we all should try and live by. And as leaders in the room, we need to bring our clients and our, and our staffs and our families along. When I think about getting people away from their desks and their devices, that's the holy grail. You know, so how do you do it? You know, and so at Brand Fuel, we're going to talk about some things here. You have to think a little bit beyond the commodities in our space. We've heard a lot about that today. So we're going to start with make and bake. And for those of you in non-marijuana-approved states, maybe you can call it uh, make and create or something like that. But this is the online and the offline coming together. Essentially what we're doing is we're sending our customers to an online store and we're asking them to select a t-shirt they want and the color, the style, and the size that they want, the personal, the specialized, the thing that is most important to them, not the Gildan, same shirt, white t-shirt, boxy, XL or large, you choose. I love what you know, Kaminsky is doing. You got a shirt, if it's not your size, go in and get another shirt that is your size. So we send them to the online store, they pick the shirt that they want. We work with them to create a really cool design. We'll either design it for them or their team will collaborate and come up with a design. And then we bring them to our local screen printing shop and we teach them how to print. We get back to the art of making. Somebody mentioned that yesterday. We get back to like being in a room together, 
away from our devices. When we do these events, people are not, you know, working. If anything, they're taking pictures and they're printing their own shirts. So we're going to go here to a little video that's going to tell a story about the test of bravery. Kirby and I were talking earlier about trust as the new economy and how important that is. And we've created this event that you're about to hear about, which is really not trusting brands right now. Ted had some good stuff up there earlier, and we've talked about, do you really believe that you know, the thing that you're eating right now came from this organic place? Do you believe that the shirt was made uh, in the factory that wasn't slave driving young children making a penny a day, even though they said it was? Like, how do we trust brands? And I don't think consumers really trust brands. So we embraced that. And we said, we want you to trust brand fuel. And we want you to trust Brand Fuel by putting your arm inside something that we created called the Test of Bravery. Hey guys, I'm Danny with Brand Fuel. Really excited to be here today at this marketing conference. And we are showcasing something pretty freaking cool. It's called the Test of Bravery. What we've done is we've taken what we typically do, which is branded promotional merchandise, great branded swag, packaging, online store programs, and all that stuff we've been doing for a couple decades. And we've created a way to take that swag and deliver it through an experience. And so we are launching Brand Fuel Experiences today. Chicken mint. So we're hoping our customers will call us and ask us if we will get involved in their actual events. Um, we are now launching Swag Lottery Machine, this really cool test of bravery we've got here at this marketing conference today. We're also offering a make and bake event where you print your own t-shirts, brand good, doing good in the community. And we are doing wine tasting, beer tasting, coffee tasting. We got all kinds of cool stuff. And at every single event and experience, you will see awesome branded merchandise. At Brand Fuel, we offer unique branded merchandise. And now we are launching a new way for our clients to deliver those products through Brand Fuel Experiences. Check out brandfuel.com backslash experiences. Backslash experiences. Look at the faces of these people. I mean, this is like high emotion. This is raw. This is real. I mean, every single person came back and they came back for more. You know, it was the brave, the braver, and we created the word the braviest. You know how many people went to the braviest? The majority of people stuck their arm in the hole that had the worst, craziest things that happened to them. So people are still talking about the temporary tattoos we put on our hands, the slap bracelets. We, we, uh, we had ranch soda dressing. But do you think these people are having a good time? Do you think these people would have ever in a million years had the same reaction to a digital ad? No. We are living in, an, in a world, in an industry, where we've got this great medium to put these interesting reactions on these people's faces and we create these emotional tags these stamps that stay with them forever which is awesome how many people in here have an ad blocker of sorts about half the people in the room i am an ad avoider i stay away from ads and i'm in the business right so how can we use our medium to get people to actually want to get this stuff not just give away the crap this is one we did it's called the white elephant holiday event where we actually go out to our customers that have multiple buyers in an office, and we dress up someone in our office, and this is where they hate me as a manager or owner. Someone gets dedicated to be the white elephant. We, we created a, a white elephant costume. There's a little Bluetooth speaker with an elephant noise, and we walk into this office, and unbeknownst to anybody, and this white elephant walks in with his bag of gifts and just starts walking down the aisles with the trumpet, 
the noise, and the whole, and, and everybody in the offices are saying, like, what is going on? And we go over to the marketing department where our buyers are, and we drop this stuff off with some directions on how to play the white elephant game. And what happens is this. People are taking pictures, we're fusing online with offline. We're in the real world, right? We're in the offline, and all of a sudden they're taking pictures, there's hashtags. We had tons of shares around this, and they're having fun around our brand. We're doing something that's unique. So this year, we got our team together to talk about what we would do next, and we decided to create a, a rocket pinata. And we're going to put gifts inside that, and they're going to have fun with a pinata game for Christmas. So I asked you guys, do you want to send a, a brown craft box with a gift in it during the holidays when everybody else is doing the same thing, or do you want to do something unique? How many people sell online stores? Hands, anybody else? I mean, about 15 people or so. How many of you are doing on-site sales? Selling stuff on site, taking the merchandise, one, two, three, three, four, five. So maybe a third of the people are going on site and actually selling the merchandise. So again, online and offline, this is something that's really painful to do for those of you who, who know pulling stuff out of a store into an environment, whether that's a conference or at an HR uh, event for employees uh, where you can sell this stuff on behalf of your client. It's very difficult to do, but you're fusing the online with the offline. And I think this is a really, really important thing because it becomes one of your unique value propositions when you're selling. Your competition typically isn't offering it. So I've said like probably a third of the people are doing it. And I think that's you know, a testament to you guys sort of pushing the envelope. For the rest of you guys, you should follow them because they're possibly winning in the race. So we're going to talk about the principles for merging online and offline here. They are all four of them. These are really not the principles. These are some of the principles. I hope you guys create your own. Let's go back to the Christmas gifts for a second. We did the white elephant surprise, which was awesome. I just think like Christmas time is like a really crowded space for people to thank their customers. We've got to do it, right? Um, but it's also, you can't sell to them. It's inappropriate. So, you know, what we do is we think about what are touch points throughout the year when we can do something that they don't expect. Because during the holidays, they do expect something. And so this is around the stranger idea. We have a local artist, uh, this guy Todd. If you want his phone number, let me know. He does these paintings, anywhere from $10 to $15, pretty inexpensive, small paintings, whatever we want. Um, you can see some of these are our clients up here. And then some of these are sort of some things that are, are connected to our brand. And we're all about creativity, like you guys are. And so we tell a little story about supporting local artists, Todd. Um, and we actually pay him more than $10 or $15 a print because it's really inexpensive. And he's sort of that starving artist guy. You just want to be successful. But we tell a story around creativity, supporting local artists. And we create these paintings. We just say, thanks for doing business with us. And that's it. We don't try and sell them. And I think that the moral here is, again, that it's memorable, it's thoughtful, it's appreciated. It's a little bit different and, dare I say, strange, like this one here, which is the slip grip, sling grip, whatever you guys call them, pop sockets, all these things are on the you know, great place to have a promotional product on someone's phone, right? But you can read here, it says, enjoy the brand fuel slip grip, perfect for the beach, the bathroom, or the bar, because drunk people drop shit. What's great about this is this is like an under $2 item that has incredible impact. It's memorable, right? And so it's more about the copy than the thing. And I think what's even more important, I'll just like bear all here, like I think we've alienated some customers. Even some of our teams were sort of like, I think that's a little edgy and too much for the brand fuel irreverent brand. But the truth is that I think we're okay with that. And we talk about it in our offices and, we, and with our teams about, you know, is this okay? I, I remember one time I posted, Gary Coleman died, and we put a Coleman cooler up on, the, on Facebook, and we were like, his coffin, and it was bad, and it got taken. I know. Okay, so that was up there for like 15 minutes, and they like totally. So I, 
there are things that we do that are just over here, and then like this, I think, is over here. I think this is okay. That, I agree, is not. But that said, when we find someone who gets one of these things and reads it, and we just, they laugh their heads off, they peel it off, they put it on the back of their phones, we win, right? We find our people, and I think that's what we're trying to do, find our people. This next one, I'm scared to show, but I'm going to anyway. Hopefully, most of you have seen it. The fanny pack is back, right? This is the dad bod bag. There's a company out there that's trying to get funding to bring this to market. Strongly recommend you invest. Is this weird? Yes. Is it memorable? Yes. Is it hilarious? Definitely. I mean, poke fun at what we're doing a little bit, right? And I think that's part of this is that there's some charm in our industry. We need to have a little bit of fun. And I notice here the Bobby. Bobby, I think, I don't know if he was a model or not, but that might be what Bobby's belly looks like. All right. I think it's a little furrier is my guess. Okay. Let's talk about the psychological law of reciprocity. I truly believe in this. I believe in creating strategy around doing unexpected things. I believe in doing things out of character. I believe in doing things that are truly selfless just because. I think that's really important, not just in business with your customers, but in life. And so whether that's you know, an employee referral that you're giving to your client, or you're sending them a business lead, or you're just sending them a, a pair of tickets to a game just because. But here is a little experiment for you guys to try. Identify some key clients or prospects. And when I talk about love languages, we all have love languages with our significant others. In business, we have love languages too. What's important to your client? You know, what is most important to them? As an individual buyer, as an entire company, determine what that thing is that you think might really excite them and go ahead and put that into action. Create a plan around that. And remember, never ask for a sale. Do not ask for a sale. Just do it because they expect it or they don't expect it. Um, but they probably expect it. Right? And then let me know how it turned out. And I think it's important that if you do this with the right purpose behind it, the right reasons, you know, not trying to get something out of it, you'll see that there's some great things come out of it. Let's talk about emotional stamps. This was the day that our staff came to work and we had a live band playing in the showroom. And it was awesome. And people are still talking about that. And people come up to me all the time and say, yeah, you guys have live bands in your showroom all the time, don't you? It happened one time, but we created a memory around that. You know, our staff remembers it, other people remember it. And I would say this about brands, these memories, these strong memories create stronger recall. And just think about that as you think about your brands and what you're doing and getting out in the marketplace. Talking about emotional stamps is really important because, we, you know, we'll keep going down this music path. You've got two artists here, one who's no longer with us, one who is. We've all been to concert experiences, and we had, there was one yesterday that was incredibly emotional. You know, this is going to impact people for a very long time. And so I didn't know that that was going to happen when I had this slide up here. And I'm, this slide is supposed to be about, like, enjoyment at a concert. I mean, this is why we started Band Together. We bring people together with music. We shouldn't fear going to a concert. We should go and have a great time with our friends. And these bands, like these two guys, and we all have bands that we love, and I'm going to ask you guys for some, a couple from the Peanut Gallery that are your favorite bands that have created experiences that you will never forget. So be thinking about that. As you think about this, also think about the price tag, you know, what bands and musicians are charging for the, the price of admission. I mean, we all know that prices are going up, but sometimes you're willing to spend that extra 50, 100 bucks maybe to get on the front row of a concert because it's that good. You don't feel like you're getting ripped off. So the takeaway here is, what are you doing with your company to create these emotional stamps? You know, these are really memorable experience. 
You know, Steve Jobs, he said, the chance to make a memory is the essence of brand marketing. I mean, I really believe that. You know, Steve Jobs also said, let your creativity be your brand's fuel. My favorite personal quote. I wish he had said it for us, but I love that. And I think if you want to engage with your customers' hearts and minds, you've got to create these brand loyalists around your brand, like Denise was saying. And so, you know, go create some strategy around that. So you guys have pens, the common skew pens. Every single one of those was in my nose before. <laughs> Kidding. Bobby calls this the weird rule, and I promise none of those pens were in your nose. I took a funny picture when I got this package of pens starting out before uh, this event, and, and I love them so much. I posted this. It got a little bit of fanfare, but... You know, if you're going to be weird, be confident because weird is a compliment. I really believe that. I tell my daughters, I have two daughters, 10 and 13, and they all want to dress the same as their friends and fit in. And it's this whole thing where I'm like, gosh, you know, I, I'm not going to let them get tattoos right now, but I want them to be themselves. You know, and I think brands are the same way is what I'm getting at here. I use the iconic rocket, which I'm, I'm donning right now in our brand. And I, I think, you know, what do people think about our rocket? It's not about space and Martians and things like that. There's no caricatures and cartoons around our brand. Our brand is about power and exploration, discovering new things, being brave, convincing our customers to be brave. It's about discovery. And I think it's about testing limits a bit. Going into space is tough. And that's why the Brand Fuel Rocket is what it is. It has meaning and purpose. I tell my daughters this all the time. Up until recently, it was on my LinkedIn page. It's my banner, Be You, The World Will Adjust. I think this is, holds true for brands as well. The world will adjust if you do some things that are a little off color a bit. You might even find your people. I would say, be the brand you want to be. Don't be the brand that ASI 101, Class 101 says, or the PPAI handbook says. You know, find your way. You know, and I look at Ted and Denise, all these people who have been talking this week. I'm so impressed. I think we all are. I think they found their way. We're all trying to do that. And I think we're going to talk about how employees will gravitate to your, your brand if you do. Have some fun. Air quote mittens for cold and ironic days, right? <laughs> I mean, this is a promotional product, and we had some fanfare with this. We got an order out of this, which was really funny. But, you know, I think humor sells. People gravitate to humor. Let's talk about product and experience. If you've seen this picture, don't answer. If you haven't, what's happening here? Getting tased. This guy is getting tased for a t-shirt. And what you don't see is here, and this is a law enforcement conference, what you don't see is there's a long line of people in line to get tased. I mean, it's insane, right? This is the epitome of product and experience coming together. I, I don't recommend it, but wow, right? The power of promo. Here's something we created called Brand Libs. And what we did was we took these, uh, these are like five or six foot blocks. They're cardboard, they ship flat. If you want to know what, where they come from, let me know, I think it's custom colors or something. Under 200 bucks sell price, I think $135 net. And then we pop them all up and we put Sharpies in there. And we went to, at a conference, we went to uh, grab the bios of the speakers. And we put the bios up on these panels and we had branded Sharpies. And we let people come by and just put in funny words in the blanks like ad libs. And we called it brand libs. So there are a lot of expletives and, and fart comments and all of that stuff that you'd expect from adults. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was that the speakers heard about it. I mean, famous speakers like, I don't know if you guys know Aaron Draplin. He is probably like 
the world's hipsteristy designer. And then this is Johnny Cupcakes, who was a keynote speaker at PPAI last year. I got to know him a couple years before at this event. They all came down and they're like, what's the hubbub about? And they came down and you see Johnny's taking a picture. Aaron's pretty pissed off. And, and we just had some fun with it. The key here is that you've got to make your ideas contagious and you've got to get people coming into your booth and you've got to get folks, your clients, to get their prospects coming into their booth. So let's talk about fidget spinners. <laughs> Would you rather sell a fidget spinner or this? And this is a campaign that we created. So you got a $2 item versus a $35 package. What we've done here is ShareFile Citrix is a very large client of ours. And they've got a campaign that they have uh, that's called Shine a Light on Security. And so we came up with this idea where we would use a black light and we would find some black light reactive inks, and I didn't even know if they were out there when we came up with the pitch. And that inside the box, the black light would be there, and there would be hidden messages all over the box and the collateral. And the messages would take you to a website, so this little code, so you don't know what was there, it's all like pretty cool. You go to a code, you, you pop up a video, people watch a video, and this is the sales pipeline in action. They go and take a demo, and then they convert to sales. This is all a direct mail campaign. We sent 1,000 of these out, so it was a $35,000 project. This is what happened. First two weeks, 1,283 views. Remember, I said I sent 1,000 packages out. 25 demos, six qualified leads, average $25,000 each. You know, $35,000 investment, we had 328% ROI. Just got another request for 50 boxes of this exact thing. But we also had another one for another direct mail campaign around the world of sweet treats. And we're coming up with another thing that worked for them. So I ask you, do you want to do a $2 fidget spinner or do you want to be a challenger? And you want to convince your customers to spend $35 to get what they actually want? And then measurable results. Casey was talking about that earlier. And then I pitched this. Uh, I think Bobby was talking about anchors yesterday. I pitched this thing to every customer now. We give our salespeople a kit that they go out into the marketplace with to tell this story about how we do kitting and direct mail and ROI and all of this. And my birthday, as you guys know, was a few days ago. And my staff got me a birthday cake. And there was nothing on it. They said there were black light reactive icing on the cake. And I fucking bought it. <laughs> so. This is me like, I can't read the message, it's not working. And then I just looked up, I was like, oh, damn it. Fucking employees got me. I mean, I am the guy who's like putting like the air horns under people's seats so when they sit down, they're, ah! Um, I'm that guy in our office, so they get me back as much as they can. All right, so this is a cool one around webinars we're going to talk about. How many people in here have clients that are doing webinars to sort of start the sales pipeline or demos? Anybody? Are there customers, you know they're doing demos and really, yes. Anybody else? A little bit? So it's interesting to me, we get this customer, we get these calls all the time. Like someone calls up and says, Yeah, we want to somehow get people to join us on a webinar. We want to thank them for being on a webinar. We want to somehow engage them. And so we came up with this idea where we would send out a kit here that's signed by the entire staff. We look forward to working with you, whatever it may be, sweet treats, all kinds of stuff, co-branded, whatever it would be. And you can see here in the next slide. Conference calls at 11. We overnight package this thing to get there at 1030. We say, don't open up until 1059. And then 11, they open it up, right? And we're about to get on this webinar and they're like, oh my God, you guys are awesome. Thank you for the treats. You know, no one wants to be on a webinar. I mean, no one here is going to raise their hand when I ask if you've ever been on a webinar and actually been paying attention. I know the truth. And the thing is, we want them to pay attention, right? So can you sell this to your customers? Definitely. Snacks are fun. Curiosity drives margins. Like, we can get really good bank on something like this, a really unique approach to selling. All right, the fifth P, purpose. I'm going to suggest that you do everything in your power and your willpower and your corporate entity, you know, to figure out 
how to add purpose to your business. Denise talked about it ad nauseum, and nobody does it better than Fairware. I really believe that the future of business is in purpose. And for suppliers out there, I'm going to give you some good examples. I'm going to challenge you because I think it starts sometimes with you all for us. Every single business decision from your growth strategy you know, to your HR policies, to your supplier choices, to your product pitches, all these things can be ingrained with purpose on every single level. And I think that you know, when you think about campaigns like this one that everybody knows about, Tom's Shoes, buy one, give one. And how does that translate in our industry? So for me, I was thinking like if I was selling pencils, let's say I sell 1,000 pencils to a client, I, I could just sell them 1,000 pencils, but if I work with a supplier who's got like clearance pencils they're trying to get rid of and they haven't been able to move, maybe I can coordinate something with them where they donate those 1,000 pencils or we, we both go into sort of co-branding or co-op sharing on 1,000 pencils and 1,000 pencils go back into the school system in that customer zip code, right? So there's this element of caring and giving if you can be a little bit more creative. For me, selling like that is way more powerful than just selling 1,000 pencils. Right, there's some more meaning and purpose. And I think all of us are looking for that. I think corporations are looking for that. I think we can deliver that through our vehicle. Another idea that I had was, if we kick this off, we hit 20 years in February for Brandfuel. I'm real excited about that. And we're trying to do something really special. And part of our initiative is around this brand good thing. And so the idea is, you know, take a bottle or a mug or something, give that away. But inside the bottle or the mug, maybe put a $5 bill in there or a $10 bill. And you just say, go do something kind in the world with this $5 or this $10. And granted, like, if we had our customers do that, you're sort of cutting into your budget. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're sort of, like, getting a little bit sticky with the customer. I give them a great idea. But imagine everybody going out into the world with 5 bucks and you know, buying someone's coffee behind you in line, some, some stranger's coffee, or giving $5 to a homeless person that you see on the road that you walk by every single day. And then tell people about it. Let, let us know what you did, whether there's a hashtag connected to it or whatever. If you're comfortable, share with us what you did under the mantle of our brand. Bic has done a program with the Wounded Warrior Project where a couple few dollars from every order from specific products that you buy um, from them goes into the Wounded Warrior Project. $260,000 later, and their top line has grown as well. That's impressive. Like, I want to know about that. I want my salespeople to know about it, and I want them going into the marketplace talking about those projects so that when you go to your customer, you can say, hey, I am actually going to sell you this product, and something good is going to happen in the world because of it. And that's a hard sell for a lot of people. And that's a dream that I have. You know, I have another dream. I'll say a business dream. And my dream is that philanthropy becomes the future of marketing. And I think the people in this room are that forward thinking that you could actually do some of this. And I'd ask that you guys lean into this, like this company. Anybody heard of Waka Waka a little bit? They're new in the industry. It's Waka Waka is not the Pac-Man sound, even though it is. It means do it. I mean, what they're doing is every time that, that you buy a, a power bank that's connected, it's also got a light, they're giving away a light to someone in a third world country, a, a student who doesn't have light at night. Isn't that crazy? Like, I can't even imagine not having light and being able to study. And, and you can see here they're using the Waka Waka product. But 290,000 are out there, 61 countries, 1.3 million people are impacted, and 7.6 million yearly hours have been added to study times for kids who are studying at night now. This is purpose, you know? So who's gonna be our industry's next Blake McCoskey, the, the Tom's guy? Who's gonna do that? And don't just look at me, I mean, look at yourselves. You guys can come up with some of these strategies and I encourage you to do so. All right, purpose-driven marketing with your staff. Purpose is, is the bedrock of connection, it truly is. So read this, you know, this is really a scary statistic, right? 22% of your staff will leave in the next 12 months. 
22% of your client staff will leave in the next 12 months. Now, Bill, you wrote something in Promo Corner in the Promo Journal uh, recently where you said that everybody's going to the marketing department. This is one where you can go to the HR department and you can breathe a little bit of purpose and life into understanding that you know, we recognize as an industry that you are going to lose some staff this year. We're going to help you address that. Can you come up with a campaign? In this case, that's just a 100-person employee. Imagine a 1,000-person company and the cost, the lost cost of the turnover. That's insane. I mean, I'd spend 100 grand to save 450 grand. I mean, I really believe that this is a wake-up call. Let's talk about some things that we're doing at Brandfuel and that I encourage you to take advantage, rip off. How do you create the generous culture at work? You know, we give PTO for volunteerism without a doubt. We create a budget, and instead of sort of top-down deciding where we're going to give our money we, uh, into the community, we let our staff decide. You know, we have an employee generosity day where we do a big brand good event and we bring our customers and, and our staff's families along and we do some really cool stuff. We invite them all to join us. We do team t-shirts, the whole nine. And now we sell this to our customers. We sell brand good to our customers. Like we will go out into the community, work with a nonprofit, we'll create some sort of an experience and we will charge you for putting that all together and we'll make sure your staff has t-shirts and we'll get a photographer on site, we'll do the brand stuff, rinse and repeat. Anybody else doing this sort of stuff? You should be, because it's awesome. They said this event was our best event we've ever done. And all we did was we had Backpack Buddies program come together uh, where we donated canned foods to go into backpacks for free and reduced lunch kids. And we had our clients all together and we had them race essentially to see who could pack as many backpacks as they could the fastest. And of course the winners got promotional products. We did it at a brewery. We had fun. We gave away promotional products. I say promotional products enough because gosh, man, we got to inject that to every single thing that we're doing. And our employees loved it because we were doing good and we were drinking. I mean, right? <laughs> Here's a picture of our staff at this event. And what's important is that people are designing their lives around experiences and things that connect them to their values. And I think it's important as, as marketers, not as distributors, I hate that term, start telling people that you're a marketer, breathe life into that. You know, we gotta, we've got to stop selling our customers. We've got to sort of build experiences around the things that are important to us and, and bring people along for the ride. You know, we're, we're trying to find a way to position our businesses around human connection, you know, around things that matter. When I hear trinkets and trash, like most of you, a little piece of me dies inside. And I think we need to change that. You know, it's up to us to do it. I talked about the employees making determinations on what we do as a staff. Robert, my business partner, and I did not come up with this idea around teaching them CPR. It was just a wellness event that we did one month, and, and it was awesome. I mean, it was really awesome. We, we practice um, what we call inspire and empower versus command and control management. So inspire and empower your staff or command and control, you know, rank and file, it's not good. Your staff, especially the younger generation, wants you to trust them. They want you to give them flex time. They want you to know that they're at the coffee shop working, that yes, they slept in, but they're going to work late, and that you've got to trust them. And I think that has made all the difference for us in our company. And I'm going to brag for a second because it's when people say, how are you doing this year? You know, how are sales or whatever? I, I always go away from sales and I always say, we've had no turnover in two years. Over a third of our staff has been with us for 10 plus years. Those are the things that really matter. And so we all need to be working on that. Let's watch a little video here. This is a great one from our friends at Sanmar. 
of Sandmar, started by my father in 1971. Today we have over 4,000 employees in eight states. We're the largest supplier of apparel to the imprinted sportswear and promotional products market. And most of that apparel is made around the world, mostly in developing countries. Our products really go to everybody. It's your company, it's your school, it's your team, it's your kid's soccer team. And that's a real responsibility to make sure that that product is made in a really uh, compliant way. And we take that responsibility really seriously. When I think about the people who come to Sandmar, they have a shared sense of values. And one of those values is making a difference. And we want to do that in the lives of our employees, in the communities all around the United States that we live, and across the world where our product is made. I travel a lot, so I visit the factories. And what actually I'm really proud of is when you go back two years later and they'll talk to me about kind of what it's meant for their family and the security it's been able to give to them, uh, education for their children, health care. I think, you know, when we went in and opened a factory and have hired, you know, several thousand people with plans to continue to grow. And one of the things that's been really amazing to see is transformed the entire community. I and mean, there's a level of the economy that has grown kind of dramatically. You know, we've really seen uh, a shift in this, in this city and that's been a really exciting piece to be a part of. For us, our decisions on where we want to source product, a piece of that is what is that factory doing to, to give back to the local community. When you're manufacturing apparel, you have, um, you have fabric that you don't use. And if you have the ability to reuse that in a purposeful way, we think that's a really great thing. And so for us, the, the jacket factory in China is it's gratifying that they're able to invest you know, in their community by giving jackets to these kids who are in need. And, and that's something that we are supportive of and really encourage. When you think about sourcing, the environmental impact of what you're doing is really important. We invested, along with our partners in Honduras, in a biomass facility. And it's an exceptionally environmentally friendly and uh, financially efficient way to power our textile facility. Our partners in Honduras uh, started a boys and a girls orphanage and it's been a thing that we've continued to be involved in. We provide English lessons for the kids at the orphanage, built some playroom equipment, we arrange soccer games and we give them jerseys and we play and it's been a really wonderful partnership. I think that's been something that's been really impactful for us. The Touching Hands project is really cool. It started because one of our employees in the United States who has been really involved in our operation in Honduras. His brother is a hand surgeon and is on the board of the Touching Hands Project globally. We sponsor this group of doctors to come down and they'll set up for a week and do hand surgeries for children. This is for anybody in the community so we literally put ads out in the newspapers and it's been really amazing how many kids have been affected by this project. They're able to really change these kids lives in a really positive way. Sandmar's in the printed sportswear promotional products business. That's what we do, but that's not why we do it. What really, I think, drives me and I think many of Sandmar's employees is this idea that through selling imprinted apparel that we can actually make a difference in a lot of people's lives. Does this make you want to buy from Sandmar? Sorry. This, I mean, it, it, it does me as well. And, and I think you have to ask yourself, how does that translate for your business? And how does that translate for your clients? And how do you articulate that message? I believe this, that you can create 
brand value recall, brand loyalty but while doing massive amounts of good. I really believe that. I think it's possible and I think we need to make it happen. So in summation, doing things like this, we close on Valentine's Day. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we could shift our business plans from selling products to delivering on purpose? I know Bobby talks about that a lot. I think that's really important. But this is something that we did for our staff. You know, we do this fantastic thing every year. It's because there's empathy, there's caring. We love our staff. We really take care of them. You know, we don't want to leave generosity at the door when you come to work. We send people home on Valentine's Day to be with their families. Pretty simple thing. Now, this is a good one here where you can help your clients show purpose to their staff as well. We had a company that we work with called Patheon. For their marketing department, they wanted to create a marketing rock star award, and they asked us for an acrylic award, and I said no. And uh, they had a budget of $50, and I said, give me $350, and I can, I can help you recognize your marketing rock star properly. And they said, we don't have it in the budget. And so we went and mocked this thing up, and they said, all right. And I wrote the check. And of course, you know, we've been able to really leverage that in a lot of ways, because now the customer trusts us a lot. You have to be a challenger again. Early on, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, we had a large client, a CRO, that contacted us and said, we got $20,000 to spend. I was like, yes. And they said, it's an employee appreciation event. I was like, yes. And then they were like, I said, how many employees do you have? They said, 20,000. <laughs> and we were out. I was like, we can't do it. We cannot. It's going to be a mess, a liability to your brand to give someone a dollar item. Like, I just can't do it. Keep that in mind. It's okay to say no. We've talked about that a lot. All right, let's talk about this next, this thing about intimacy again, discomfort in business, the word that I think is really important but hard to think about in business. Here's um, some stats for you. It's important to understand why our clients leave us, but I think it's more important for you to understand why your clients' clients leave them. Right? If you really think about that. And this, is, this first stat up here, you know, leaving because they're treated poorly, is, is a stat that is just, I think it's foreign to probably everybody in this room. And it's completely devoid of intimacy. You know, so how do you leverage this stat to help your customers is the question. Because a lot of you have heard me talk about this word, selling. And, and when the word was created, uh, selling meant to give. Um, and so when you think about that, just let that simmer for a second. I think we've lost our way as salespeople in some ways. You know, we're not giving as much, we're taking. So we've been talking a lot about that. I think a lot of us have lost our way. I'm going to read this, not Bobby style, but thanks for your order with CD Baby. Your CD has been gently taken from our CD Baby shelves with sterilized, contamination-free gloves and placed on a satin pillow. A team of 50 employees inspected your CD and polished it to make sure it was in the best possible condition before mailing. Our world-renowned packing specialist lit a local artisan candle and a hush fell over the crowd as he put your CD into the finest gold mine box that money can buy. We all had a wonderful celebration afterwards and the whole party not marched down the street to the post office where the entire town of Portland waved bon voyage to your package on its way to you in our private CD Baby jet on this day. We, are, we hope you had a wonderful time shopping at CD Baby, and in commemoration, we have placed your picture on our wall as customer of the year. We're all exhausted, but we can't wait for you to come back to cdbaby.com. Derek Sivers, fantastic business guy. He just did this for fun. And, and of course, what happens? You know, he's created some intimacy in terms of the language. He's, he's in, and said, we're just having fun at your expense a little bit, but uh, why don't you come along for the ride and come back to CD Baby and be a, be a client of ours long term. Enjoy the spirit of our brand in some way. And this was shared so many times and their stock went through the roof. And he created CD Baby just to help bands, but he made tons of money selling it. 
And I think that you know, when your customers do your marketing for you, you win, right? And so this is a packing slip. So what are we doing in our businesses? What are we convincing our customers to do in their businesses with promotional products to create some of this wonderment? All right, so anybody know what UX stands for? Okay, how about CX? Okay. Those two things are now the cost of entry in business, right? All of us have to have quality products, great customer service. We've all got to be creative. I've been talking about things that are a little bit beyond that. Certainly those things are important. But those two things are the cost of entry. You have to have those things in your business, and your clients have to have those things in their businesses. Who knows what HX is? Human experience. Good job. So when I think about the human side, the question I think that we need to ask ourselves is, you know, are we letting our customers get, really get to know us? Are we bringing them along for the ride? Do they feel like you want to get to know them? How are we getting personal with them? And so when I think about the best ways to sell, and I think Ted was talking about it a little bit, and I, you know, Maddie, you were talking about, about it a bit. You were saying that you know, you're sort of the hunter. You're going out and you're fishing, catch and release, and you're sending, it, sending the lead sometime to your sales team. I mean, this is peer-to-peer -peer stuff that's really important. So whether you're a CEO or you've got a CEO in your business, they need to be calling other CEOs and bringing the business in that way. And they need to be doing it on a very human level. This, this next one here is, I think, the, the epitome of, of that, getting your salespeople in front of customers. I got a phone call this morning from one of our oldest customers. He fired us. After 20 years, he fired us. Said he didn't know us anymore. I think I know why. We used to do business with a handshake, face to face. Now it's a phone call and a fax. Get back to you later with another fax, probably. Well, folks, 1992. Something's got to change. That's why we're going to set out for a little face-to-face -face chat with every customer we have. But Ben, that's got to be over 200 cities. I don't care. Thanks. If you're the kind of business that still believes personal service deserves no, a lot more than lip service, welcome to United. That's the way we've been doing business for over 60 years. Ben, where are you going? To visit that old friend who fired us this morning. United. Come fly the friendly skies. Yeah, and I, know, I get the irony. I totally do. You know, they lost their way a little bit not too long ago, and, and maybe they'll bounce back. But I think that commercial says a lot. I mean, it really says go see your customers. Um, and don't necessarily sell them when you go see them. Just go spend some time with them, human to human. Seth Godin said, you know, some people persist in thinking that marketing is about ads or low prices. It's not. It's about human nature and promises and who we see when we look in the mirror. That's pretty important stuff. All right, rounding up the close here. You know, you want to guide your clients towards these affinity programs. Affinity would be reoccurring programs. I've got a little list here. This is a great way to start making money on a re reoccurring basis. This is about revenue generation and realizing that we're not in the one and done business. We are not in the one and done business. We're in the forever business. We want forever clients. We want forever experiences to deliver to our clients. We want to do these sorts of things because we know that that's going to help them with their business. And I love the last one. I just shout out to Common Skew. I love that they have a survey tool. I hope you guys are using it. When we get negative survey reviews, it doesn't happen a lot, but it definitely happens. You better damn well believe that I'm picking up the phone and calling that customer saying, I'm so sorry, let's figure this out. From the top, 
like human to human, like that's a gift that Common Skew gives us. Take advantage of that. If you get really good feedback or someone takes the opportunity to take pictures and upload the pictures of them using the stuff that you sold them, thank them for that. And how awesome is that? Take that picture and put it in a frame. Do something with it. Put it on a t-shirt. You know, recognize your customers in that way. You've got to care. I mean, you just have to care. And, and I think that's what that, that last one's about. It's an opportunity. It's a business technique and a tool that we should be taking advantage of. Great design is the gateway to intimacy. I think convincing your customer, and certainly, gosh, Ted showed us a whole bunch of great stuff, but convincing your customer that you need to design beyond your logo. Not just slapping a logo on there, but giving some thought around great design. And sometimes messaging can do it as well. I think there is great margin in great design. I bet a lot of your salespeople give away design. We don't. We charge for it. And I think that's really an important piece to remember. I think if you can create great design, it's the gateway to more business. It's important to keep your customers curious. I mean, be thinking about the products and the way to message these things. We have a great medium for this. You know, I love this one. How many times have you ever been walking around with something or a t-shirt or whatever? I had my, uh, I was trying to out-shirt everybody yesterday with my Sasquatch t-shirt. Everybody's like, where did you get that? Um, imagine that same thing with promotional products. You know, how do we get our customers to buy things from us that when they give them away, like, where did you get that? That's so cool. Who did that? I mean, you win when that happens. I mean, you've got to take the time to create some strategy around that and think that through. That connects people to emotion, which we've been talking about a lot at this conference. You know, I think a unique design can also trigger emotion. So a message or something that people connect to, whether that's giving or something funny like we showed earlier. You know, this is something that I, I always say, you've got to do the hard work. Like I recognize that the things that I've shown you today are not easy, and, but selling commodities sort of is. And it's easy for your customers to go online and buy commodities. Right, so you've got to do the hard work. And I think that's really important to remember. And then in closing, someone else nailed this way better than I ever could. This guy, Roy Spence at NALC, PPI, put on this great event uh, in Austin, said this, we're having a fun crisis in business. We need to lighten up. And in lightening up, find the joy of what we do. We can attract our kind of buyers and employees. And ain't that the truth? That's it. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.